Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Christians in My Soup, a weekly podcast by one of God's peculiar people, about God's peculiar people, for God's peculiar people, proving that life is simply not as black and white as some would have us believe, but that sometimes life gets real and doesn't fit into any boxes, no matter how hard we try. This week's Christian in My Soup is, well, me. A little self-indulgent, I hear you cry. And you may well be right, but in truth, here we are at episode 20, so that's five months into the show, and I've not yet shared my own testimony with you. So I thought it was about time that you got to know your host a little better. And as I trailed on the Facebook and Twitter pages, I'm sure you're all dying to know just what I did think of the Boys Brigade back in the late 1970s, and how jealousy brought me to faith in Christ. You're not? Oh well, now's a good time to get your cuppa then, because I'm about to tell you anyway. Are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then I'll begin. (laughs) There's a blast from the past. I was born in Luton at a very early age, and as I made my appearance into this world, the midwife took one look at my mother and said, I think he's come out inside out. In fact, I was the only baby on our street whose dummy had a 12-inch flange. As I grew up, as all children do, I developed a huge knowledge of what was best for me. So at the grand old age of eight, When my mother found a place for me in our church's boys' brigade, I knew straight away and without question that this certainly wasn't right for me. But my mother is a past master at getting people to try just a little bit. Just ask any of the foreign exchange students we had stay at our house around the same time when it came to eating some of our less traditional English foods. Anyway, applying this principle to my attitude towards boys' brigade, mum persuaded me to give it a go with the promise that if I didn't like it, I didn't have to go again. That, for me, was problem solved, as I'd already decided that I wasn't going to like it even before I went. So all I had to do was have a rubbish time there to prove the point I already knew. So, a flawless plan then. Well, flawless that is except for one tiny flaw, which was that I had a really good evening. Great activities, great people, and a captain whose bark was out of this world. But... I'd already made up my mind that I wasn't interested, and I didn't want anything to get in the way of my flawless plan. So, with my best disappointed voice on, when I got home and mum came to the front door to let me in and said, well, did you enjoy it? Doing my level best to sound really disappointed, I said, well, it was okay, but I didn't really enjoy myself. Now, those of you who are parents will relate to this next stage of the saga. You see, if you're a parent or perhaps you're in a long-term relationship, you'll be in that place where you can read your child or maybe your partner like a book. And therein lay the second flaw in my perhaps not-so-flawless plan. Mum took one look at me and said, you loved it, didn't you? Of course, she was right, so there was nothing else I could say. And in fact, I went on to enjoy 10 years in the 15th Luton Boys Brigade, rising to the heady heights of Sergeant when I eventually got my below-the-shoulder-length haircut. Long before I reached that stage, however, I was attending Boys Brigade church parades every month, as was the tradition back in the day. And it was in one such service, on Sunday July 2nd, 1978, that the pastor, the Reverend Norman Green, was speaking from Psalm 23, and explaining that, if we let him, Jesus could fill our lives to overflowing. At that moment, something struck me rather forcibly. So I told the lad next to me to shut up and leave me alone and carried on listening. But then something occurred to me. 
Whatever it was that this Jesus could fill us with, my parents clearly had it. And my sister had been filled with it a couple of years previously. I had no idea what it was, nor how to get it. But as I sat there that Sunday, what I did know was that I was getting increasingly jealous that I didn't have it. I was missing out, and despite the fact that I didn't know what I was missing out on, I knew not only that I wanted it, but more importantly, that I needed it. When we'd been dismissed from church parade after the service, I raced home and found my dad in the kitchen, as was his usual want on a Sunday, given that it was always dad that cooked Sunday roast. I said to him, Dad, I need your help to make me take the biggest step of my life, because I don't know how to do it. We went upstairs to mum and dad's bedroom and knelt down by their bed. And there, dad led me in a prayer, where I said sorry to God for all the wrong in my eight-year-old life, and accepted that Jesus had died in my place to enable the forgiveness of all that wrong. I asked Jesus into my heart, and I promised to do my best to live life the way he would want me to. Then came the hard part, as Dad said to me, Now go and tell your mother. Now, this was hard not because I lived in fear of my mother, no way. But it was scary because it did mean admitting that she was right to get me involved in Boys Brigade in the first place. So. There you have it, my journey from lost to found, my trip from faithlessness to faith in Christ. I'd love to say that life has been a bed of roses ever since, but as regular listeners will know, that's far from the case. But what I can say, hand on heart, is that even in the times when I've been ready to walk away from my faith in Christ, Christ has never lost faith in me and never let me go. You know, the very first verse from the Bible that I memorised was Psalm 48.14, which says, For this great God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide, even till the end. And I can truly say that that has been the case. Even this week, in the midst of all the grief that Anne and I have been put through by our previous employer, we've seen God's hand on our lives, as I was headhunted for a better job than I was rejected for at Brunel Manor with the same people willing to create a post for Anne to enable us to stay working together. And then during this last week, another joint job offer for us. So please do join us in prayer over the coming days, as we ask God to make his way clear for us both. And that's all for this week. As always, thanks for listening, and please do feel free to share the show on your own social media feeds, with your churches, your friends and your families. You can find Christians in My Soup on iTunes, where you can subscribe and never miss an episode, and it would be great if you could leave us a review too. We're on Facebook, Google+, YouTube and Blogger at Christians in My Soup, and Twitter at Sims2017, that's at CIMS2017. Yep, we're almost all over social media. You can email the show too on sims2017 at hotmail.com, that's CIMS2017 at hotmail.com. Next week on Christians in My Soup, it's all about first-class rail travel, as I begin a mini-series looking back on my two summer missions with YWAM in 1989 and 1990. But until then, take care of yourselves, and God bless you all. You've been listening to Christians in My Soup, written and produced by Russ Hilton. You can find Christians in My Soup on iTunes, Facebook and Twitter. And you can contact the show by email at cims2017 at hotmail.com. 